episode 115 for October 2010. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at 1990s prices. An example of their spider deals this month is on Amazing Spider-Man number 651. This one has the Black Cat coming back to fight the Hobgoblin with Spidey. It also has the rematch with the Kingpin we've been waiting to see since the infamous Civil War fight. Now, the cover price is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Welcome back, gang, to our second show for October. We're starting this episode with our Spider panel in the middle of the reviews. We're now tackling Amazing Spider-Man number 642, which is part one of the Origins of the Species storyline. And we start off with the pros and the cons from Stella. Well, my pro is that I was completely wrong about my job sucking my soul because I I felt it weave me as I was reading this issue. Um, so, you wow. know, I, I have to wonder what, what is this crap? Uh, first of all, terribly <laughs> ugly art. Um, you know, it was a good storyline until we find, uh, Peter Parker in a flea market. Oh, wait, no. Before we find a flea market actually in Peter Parker's house. Of course, after the progress that we made with Michelle, it now looks like we're back to square one. Um, I would give this an F. Uh, frankly, I'm sorry, but frankly, a pregnant, um, horned lady flying, um, <laughs> on a glider and giving birth in a coffee house. Gross. Did you get any placenta in your, uh, mixed drink? <laughs> um, enough said. Frankly, that, this is terrible. I, I, you know, we go from one bad issue to another. That was great. Yeah. There you go. Hang on. Wait, wait. Can, Stella, can you say placenta again? Placenta? <laughs> Is there okay. is there any pros? Oh, uh, no. No. <laughs> no pros, my goodness. Kevin, any pros on your end? Uh, uh, pros this was a, before hoes, sir. <laughs> no, I mean, this was a complete mess. I mean, there was, there was some decent humor, I'll admit, but a lot more of it just fell flat on its face. You got a good-looking um, Morbius on the cover. Well, if... Uh, <laughs> I get I get a decent image of Morbius on the cover, and then I get a shitty looking Morbius inside who acts nothing like Morbius. Gee, what other brand new day issue does this remind me of? Um, it's it's just a crock of horse shit. I mean, and this is this is one of those times where I think even more than ever, if you read these thought balloons, it just really really feels like they were written in an attempt to sound like the Peter Parker of old, like from the 70s, like we're we're actually aping that. And we've been saying that about how they've been writing Peter Parker for a long time. Just for some reason, the way those thought balloons were written in this issue felt like some fan trying to sound like that, which yeah. is surprising because I know for a fact Mark Wade can write. I've seen it happen, but it's just not happening here. And... Um, this was one of those issues that I think could have really been helped a lot, and it, it could have been sold a lot better by some decent art. But uh, god damn, is that some butt ugly art? I mean, shit. You, there is no way in hell to tell who these people are, Peter and Betty specifically, until somebody actually calls them by name in the word balloons. Yeah. It's it's just terrible. This uh, <sighs> I'm giving this one a D. I feel yeah. like it's not. There, like I say, there was some good humor, 
a little bit of redeeming value in there. I'm, I'm not going to go ahead and give it an F, partially just because we just came from maybe the worst issue of Spider-Man of all time, so this one probably <laughs> feels a little bit better. It's probably why they released him on the same day, so this one looks better. But, yeah, it gets a, a straight D out of me. George, what do you think, sir? Um, any well, pros, off, any cons? Um, I, well, let me address the art. Everybody's talking about the art. Um, I'm not going to say that this art sucks because I, I think this guy does have talent. Um, and I, I don't hate this art. This art has no place in Amazing Spider-Man. It is, this is, uh, remember that, that, uh, Eric Kinnett art from, uh, what was that, uh, one was Stilt Man and, uh, what was it Deadpool? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh my god, this guy sucks, this guy sucks. No, this guy doesn't suck. He's a professional artist and he's very good. His style had no business being in Spider-Man. And that's not the artist's fault. That is Steve Wacker's fault. And this is, it, like I said, I like this guy's style. I would like this guy's style if he was doing a limited series on a street character. Or if he was doing Punisher, I think he'd be good on. Yeah, I, this guy could, I don't know. I, I can, I can think of examples. Um, Spider-Man Tangled Web, where this mm-hmm. kind of thing would have worked. It is not art for Amazing Spider-Man, and that is Steve Wacker's fault. So that's that's what I'll say about the. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Brad. Do you think uh, the art for Amazing Spider-Man was based on the Romita senior look? Is that what all artists should aspire to? I I I, I think a lot of them tried to ape that after a fashion. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say that because I don't see him doing Romita Junior here. Or I mean, no, not no. Ramita, not Ramita Jr., but Ramita here. No, I mean the the because you said he doesn't belong in Amazing Spider-Man. It, artists that are very vibrant, I don't know. Um, Ramita, there has to be Ramita. There, there, has, there has to be a, a dynamic quality to the art. Mm-hmm. There has to be a dynamic quality to the art. Think back to to Spider-Man, and you know when we did uh, when I was doing Spider-Man Friday Night Fights, I was pointing this out. Ramita could 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 do. Punches and you felt the punch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, Gil Kane was good at that. Yeah. Ross Sandry was good at that. Um, there's been a ton. Ron Friends was awesome at that. Ron Friends, every every time he drew Spider-Man, he conveyed either strength or speed. Mm. This artwork does not do that. I remember there's one point where Tombstone clocks him, and I think there's like stars by it or something like that. Like it's like it's a damn cartoon, and and like I said, I like this guy's style. It has no place in Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. And that was that, and that's just the artwork. You want me to get here? Let me get to the story. Okay. <laughs> All right. This story, at least the three issues um, that I've read, that we're going to review here, yeah, should have been what the Gauntlet was, and it should have been told. The events in that should have taken place over a day, maybe a day and a half. Because all along through the gauntlet, I never got Peter's on his last legs. He's worn out. He's tired. He's against the ropes. I actually felt it at times here. The story actually has him feeling more desperate, more hounded, and more of a precarious situation, more off his game, off balance than anything I read in the gauntlet. But it actually feels like he's running a gauntlet. Right, and it does. I mean, you're throwing everybody in the kitchen sink up against him, and sometimes, you know, and, and he's playing smart Peter Parker. You know, the the stuff with Sandman and Electro was classic Spider-Man, was absolutely something Spider-Man would do. I, li- I like seeing that. Um, 
but there's also there's also moments in here. And you remember remember back when when Mark Wade said that he had read, and what was this a month ago, two months ago, where Mark Wade twittered and said he had just read something that was going to force him from stop reading uh, to stop reading superhero yeah. comics from here on out. I'm wondering if it was this. What the issue he wrote? I'm wondering if it's the issue he wrote because I'll tell you this: I have read Mark Wade's writing for several years, going way back. Going way back, I, I think the first exposure I really had with Wade uh, as a regular on a regular basis was his Flash run. And Kevin, you probably read you've probably read that. I actually have not. Okay. I should have, but not gotten around to it. But when you look at and you can see the editorial mandate reared head here, Carly shows up, Mary Jane. Oh my God, she seems really great. You know, she pulls Peter aside. Oh my God, she seems really cool. You know. Um, other people, you know, say that it, it's Carly's being shoehorned into the story. Yeah. There's moments there where, like, at one point, um, they're wondering, you know, where Peter is, Mary Jane, and who is it, Harry, I think, are trying to get, um, Horn yeah. Girl out. Mm-hmm. And Carly's like, oh my God, how can you leave Peter? It's, it's so desperate. It's so desperate to try to make more of a connection than exists between these two characters. Yeah. And I think that's that that's absolutely got to be editorial. And I think, because because I've seen Mark Wade develop relationships, I've seen him do it well. And brother, this ain't it. <laughs> this What's is somebody telling him what to put in a story. And I think I I seriously when I when I read this, I wondered was this what he was talking about when he said he just read a superhero story that was going to stop him from ever reading them again? What's your grade on this one? Oh, this. Um, there, are, there was actually some enjoyable moments in here. Um, the artwork is out of place. That takes it down to me for a B. Um, there are forced moments, so that's going to take it down to a C. I'm going to give it a C. I'll say I'll stay at a C. Okay. Jr. This better uh, than last month? Or hell, it came out on the same day, didn't it? Well, what was it? Kevin did. Kevin did some kind of analogy, and I cannot remember what it was. Or maybe it was Zach who, who basically said, you know, yeah, it's better as if getting shot in the face is better than, you know, getting your head cut off or something like that. You know, I mean, so it's a relative kind of better, yes. But uh, I guess what I want to address is is the art. You know, again, not just to say I don't like it because I mean it's pretty apparent, but. You know, I have to wonder about the editorial oversight with the way some of these images look. I mean, this isn't a matter. Some of these images, they aren't a matter of artistic style and you not being able to appreciate and appreciate an artistic style. They are awful. And the editor should have said, redraw this. Mm. The first example, the bo- and maybe it's only me that sees this. I mean, because I, I made the point about Humberto Ramos, where in the Doc Ock art, he basically made the Yasser Arafat character look like a monkey. And it's like, how did you let that go by? <laughs> and, and, and here's another one. The bottom of page 15, the last the bottom panel, it's Carly. She's, got a, a, she's holding a book or whatever, and she's saying, Peter, Peter, where did you go? Mm-hmm. With those wide eyes... And those big lips and those white teeth, she looks like she belongs in a minstrel show. The only thing missing is the blackface. Mm. You know, it looks awful. If you put that in blackface, if you drew, made her, if you colored it black, it would look like one of those offensive stereotypes. It would look like I Al Jolson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I cannot like believe I cannot believe that was allowed to stand. That looks awful. For once, Carly looks like a boy throughout this anyway. And it's like, 
<laughs> you know, the, anyway, that there were there were times. Yeah, you're right. And at the bottom of page 17, the fat Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, he looks like, and I've talked about this picture before. When I went I, a few years ago, I wore a Spider-Man costume with my daughter trick or treating, <laughs> and I looked like the I looked like the Earth X Spider-Man. This is what I, this is what I looked like. Oh. I mean, with this big fat ass and this. <laughs> Wow. And it's like, again, when you're looking at this, it's like, why don't you send it back and say, please shave about 50 pounds off this thing? He does. He looks like William Shatner as Spider-Man. Oh, so so that's the kind of stuff. Again, it gets beyond the autistic style. It's just these are almost like offensive images. And how can you let this stand? As far as the story itself, so many stupid moments. Michelle strikes again. She's selling Peter's clothes. This psychopathic behavior was old a long time ago. Uh, the M- MJ saying that, oh, Carly is really, well, I forget what the uh, word was, but she's real. She realizes there's more to life than her. And it's like, again, they're not trying, MJ's not trying to sell Peter on Carly. Marvel is trying to sell Carly on us. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's awful. The quote is, uh, "I like her. She's really present. Like she exactly. knows there's more to life than her." In my field, nobody pays attention to anyone, so it's a treat when someone spider sense. It's a treat when someone listens. Peter, Peter Parker. There you go. It it, it, it yeah, it's awful. And then the, the this running joke about people recognizing Peter because you know Jonah fired him for forging a photo, and everybody no, recognizes him. Nobody. You know, and everybody knows to make fun of him. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, 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 except for people who are very, very Peter Parker is not a distinctive-looking chap. J. Jonah Jameson is. You know, if J. Jonah Jameson walked down the street, you would re- and you saw him on TV, you would recognize him. Peter Parker, no, no. I, I, I know maybe I'm overstating it when I say nobody would recognize Peter Parker, but. I mean, come on. He's not even dressing the same. He's showing up in short pants. He probably looks like a slob. He probably hasn't bathed, you know. <laughs> and everybody recognizes him right away. I mean, this joke, it wasn't realistic. It wasn't funny to begin with. It played out a long time ago. That's my cons. The only pro in this was a joke. I know it was used in Ultimate before, but I like this when Dr. Octopus says, trust me, I'm a doctor. I don't know. I just love it. That's Doc. I love that. That's Doc Ock to me. This thing gets a C minus. Okay. Uh, I'm also giving a C. Pros was the awesome cover. If anything, more Amazing has its awesome covers. I know, George, you pick on me for liking the covers, but I like the cover. Well, you no, I don't pick on you for that, but you factor the cover into the damn grade. I know, but I love the cover. Um, That's like getting teabagged. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't even ask you to explain that. Um, I, the part I liked is the opening where all the villains were like so grotesque by a ugly looking Doc Ock. I, I, I just oh, see that's that's something I was actually going to mention and forgot I like to. I thought it was just so unrealistic that all these supervillains who are half of them grotesque themselves yeah. and have done more grotesque things to people than what Doc Ock looks like, are recoiling from the look of Dr. Yeah. Octopus in a I, I thought it was cool. Was I that? mean, that really just goes to show you that bastard's ugly. And why was why was Molten Man there? Molten Man was there. Let me see here. Yeah. I'll be damned. Well, there he why is. Was, why was the lizard there? Oh, wait, he wasn't. It's Vermin now. Why, Who's why that hippo head? back there by Spot? It's the Hammer, hippo. Hammerhead <laughs> hates, hates Octopus. Why is he there? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, another, I, I like the um, 
the the all uh, I get not a gang war, but uh, the all everybody ganging up on Spider Man. I've always liked that element. I I, I like the uh, the danger of it, and I also liked the it was the grotesqueness of the baby uh, with the ears. Speaking of ears. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of ears, what is up with the artist? How he draws Spider-Man's ear, Peter Parker's ears. <laughs> it's, it's I mean, he looks like ears, everybody's ears are are like Dumbo in this book. I, I just that just took me out of it. And and George summed it up best how he's a good artist just in a wrong spot. Yeah, and, and that's Wacker's fault. And a C out of me. I'm going to give it a C. Uh, we, man, we got two more books to review. Six forty three. Well, let's speed these two up because they're similar. Yeah. Plot points are probably what we don't like. Uh, same artist, same writer. Stella, we haven't heard from you in a while. Let's start off with in you. In a while. Um, <laughs> let's see, 643. Yeah. Well, my con, let's see here. Well, number one, that is one ugly baby, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> is it and supposed I'm glad... to have Vulcan ears, or is it just the artist can't draw ears? What, no, I think it's supposed to. Okay. Gotcha. Goblin. Because he is the offspring of two goblins in heat. Yeah. Who knows if they get in heat or whatever. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm glad that I paid $2.99 for a comic retelling of the Hangover movie. <laughs> you know, where they try to find the, the, the baby. Yeah. yeah, exactly. should be. Zach uh, Um and, and my pro would be, well, the gang's all here, you know, i.e. all the, the villains and everything. But too bad their job is to get a baby. So I would say that I'm going to give this a D. I thought it was a little bit better than the last issue, and I'm just asking myself, when will this all be over? <laughs> soon, very soon. Kevin, well, this was a slightly better issue. Um, you know, good old fashioned villain team up, science saving the day. Uh, even I, I, I wrote down I liked the the line about uh, when he got a spider sense and looked at the baby. It's like you aren't about to spit up on me, are you? Oh, that was funny. Yeah. Um, but Carly is getting real annoying, uh, even to me. <laughs> um, and the Spider-Man 3-ization of Sandman isn't quite working for me. Oh, you made me lose my daughter, who wasn't actually my daughter. I kind of stole that girl. But whatever, you made me lose my daughter, and now I'm pissed, and that's my whole character. Not working at all. Uh, the art is still uglier than a fat biker's hairy ass. <laughs> wow. And... Uh, <laughs> Although, I, I usually don't read the Stanley Marcos Martin backups because they just make jack-all of sense. But uh, this time I saw this really beautiful-looking Mary Jane spread out on a couch in the middle of this, you know, two pages, and thought, eh, I'll read this and see how it's doing. And I've got to give Stanley props for, uh, yep. they, they ask... I know what you're they ask say. Spider-Man who you know Mary Jane is, and he's like, "Oh, I don't know. It's either my wife or my ex-wife or my girlfriend or my ex-girlfriend. Depends on what issue this is." <laughs> <laughs> Props to Stan Lee for that one. That seriously, was, that was good. But overall, I give this issue a C minus. Okay. Jr. Well, uh, fortunately, I will not nearly be talking as much on these next two as I did on the other two, so everybody can breathe a sigh of relief. But, uh, yeah, th- this this was better. I, I actually did kind of like the whole chase thing. Uh, I really thought it was, you know, I, I thought it was very theatrical. And I, I thought, maybe this would actually be great to see in a movie. You know, for example, you know, Spider-Man's running, flying, or web-slinging away, trying to get away from Electro. He turns the corner, and then there's three helicopters, you know, haul, you know, at him. And Spider-Man, you're under arrest. And it's like, I said, oh, that's kind of cool. I mean, I, so I, I did really like the action in this. 
I like Mayor I like Mayor Jonah because he's got another great Jonah line where he's criticizing the cops. He's saying you're making it look like JJ Jonah Jameson, tender-hearted man of the people, doesn't care about ankle-biting moppets. <laughs> That's Jonah. That's a classic Jonah line, and I, I, I love that. Uh, so I uh, I mean I, I overall I, gi- I give it a B minus. I mean I actually did kind of like this issue. It's not great, but you know again I think it had a very you know I, I liked it. A lot of action and a good Jonah moment. The thing I think would improve this issue is the uh, the action of it. And I, and if I remember correctly, when this artist did that electro arc a while back, Jr., there was a lot of action in that. So I think this artist works better with movement and not static talking in the coffee bean scenes. Do you yeah, think? I awesome. mean, I, I you know I I hope. I'm a very poor judge of art. I'm a really very poor judge of what art. I just know it's like Potter Stewart's definition of pornography. I can't define it. I just know it when I see it. Um, so, right. George, what do you think, sir? Um, the new Electro, uh, which I hated when he popped up in the gauntlet, uh, just the look, makes me want to eat ice cream made out of mechanically separated kittens. <laughs> um, I I just I I don't like it, and the fact that Ock doesn't look the way he's supposed to look in my mind, and the way that Electro looks stupid, throws everything off. I mean, I I sit here and I think how much better would this be if there was a classic Doc Ock, you know, like yeah. the kind of tubby guy with the arms, and maybe he's got cancer and that's why he needs the baby, whatever. Um, yeah. and just a normal freaking Electro along with a normal freaking Shocker and a normal Sandman, you know, a normal a normal Scorpion. Uh, how this, how well it could have been if we'd had that. Oh, and if we'd had someone more, you know, more suited to the story for the artwork. Like, imagine if this same story had been drawn by Romita Jr. Yep. You know what I mean? Or Bagley, I mean, how, or anybody, or even Barry be- Kitson from this era. How much better would it have been? Mm-hmm. You know, just just based on the art alone. Um, we didn't. The, Jr. had mentioned last review. There are times when Carter looks like a boy. There are times here where she looks like a tubby early thirties year old. <laughs> like guy here, there are literally. Um, the short hair isn't helping any because no. it, you know, it, and so this issue, it's got a lot of action. It's got some great Jonah beats, but it's got that one great moment I like when Spider-Man makes Electro and and Sandman cancel one another out, which I yeah. love. That's classic Spidey. Yep. Unfortunately, the artwork's not appropriate, and the rest of the issue becomes throwaway. I mean, there's a great missed moment here where Tombstone is about to crush Carly's head, and it doesn't happen. Um, a terrific missed moment, an opportunity there to kill her off once and for all, which I'm going to be looking at every every time I read the books now. Um so I give this one. I give. I give this one a C. No one complained. He ran out of web fluid, which is. <laughs> I well, thought you know, for sure. I'm used to it by now. I, yeah. I noticed it, but you know, I mean, they made that conscious effort to stop it once everybody and their dog did it for the first what two months of yeah. of, of uh, brand new verse. Three mm-hmm. months at least. Was it? I think yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your grade, George? Again? I said C. C. Okay. I'll, I'll also give a C to everyone. I. I a pro is I liked uh, well hell the best line of the book Kevin already said which was in the Stan Lee thing about his wife uh, clone I don't know and uh, I also liked the line where he's flying around the city and he uh, says uh, I have no idea what you need though I don't know from babies I something to eat maybe are you cold are you warm are you a clone or a craven baby or an android because those I know about I thought that was a cute line also the canceling out of the shocker and or electro and the Sandman 
was really cool, I thought. Uh, artwork is improving, but not enough to get it out of the C realm. So C out of me. Last one, wrapping up. No, wait. There's, this is a four-parter, isn't it? We haven't read the last issue. I think it's actually a five-parter. Oh, it is? Oh. Yeah. Save me, dear God. Yeah, Search yeah, because we've got that 45 one. and 6 left in this, and then 47 is that big end of brand new day issue and then 48 is slots first issue so yeah we got two more parts left after this okay uh this so. one uh, <laughs> amazing 644 same artwork same writer jr what'd you think uh well the reasons uh that i liked uh issue number 643 is one of the reasons that i really didn't care for issue 644 because it's doing the same thing Spider-Man's, you know, running the gauntlet, you know, so to speak, you know, being chased after a bunch of villains, and then he, you know, he gets a couple of them to fight each other, and, and you know, he's just running around, and, and uh, it's, it's the exact same thing, mm-hmm. uh, which to me looks like a deliberate effort just, just to pad the story. Um, Make so, a trade? Make a trade uh, out of it? Yeah. You know, and frankly, I have to admit, I mean, by this time, I'm sorry, the baby would have peed on him. Uh, <laughs> Or, or as they say in the business, yep. voided. Uh, which might have been a funny moment. Which might have been a funny moment. But, you know, the, I, I just got to wonder. I mean, I know this is a goblin baby, you know, okay, so it's got super strength and stuff. But the way it's been held, the way it's been carried, the way, <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly think this it, this baby would be dead. And, I mean, yep. again, we accept a lot of we accept a lot of silly, stupid pseudoscience. I, so I don't know if this is really a valid thing to complain about but i mean the baby's not been fed (laughs) and and it's like it's it's really i mean it's again i hate to complain about it because we accept the the radioactive spider bite but this really kind of stretches all believability to this baby is surviving this Uh, and to be honest i mean i i know we haven't seen the fifth part yet uh, I've seen the fourth part, but frankly, I mean, this is Norm, supposedly Norman's baby, even though some of the previews call it Harry's baby. Where's Norman's reaction when all this is going on? I mean, it's not like Norman needs to make an appearance because he, you know, because he went through, he was, you know, the big guy of the Marvel Universe, but this is his kid going around. You know, Spider Man's got his kid. What's well, Norman's probably, reaction? Well, he probably doesn't you know, know he's in the jail cell. He doesn't well, have I any know, but, yeah. yeah, I know, but it's like. It seems like Norman's actually missing in this. Although I yeah. did like that big evil honking face on the, uh, you know, on the cover of this. But uh, I had, I, I, this was disappoint, very uh, disappointing story uh, or issue. So I give it like a uh, a C. And your favorite character came back. Freak came back. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. That is the love ugliest the, looking that. freak when he fights the vomiting vulture. Oh. Love the oh yeah, vomiting vulture. He's another one. And again, I'm sorry. Freak is a ripoff of one of George R. R. Martin's characters in Wild Cards. I'm sorry. You know, it's it. it don't show this character to us again. <laughs> I no one wanted to see either one of these characters. I don't think. Stella, what'd you think of Freak coming back? Ooh, well, he was my con, <laughs> frankly. Oh really? Um, yeah, my con was that I had to see his ugly mug once again. No doubt. Um, you know, is Spider-Man okay? Um, I would say that he he does have some intellect on his side. This is just a leap of faith, maybe. But is he stupid enough, really, to not check the baby's vitals and to yeah. take Harry's word for it? You know, he wouldn't go, okay, well, I, I, well, let me just take his pulse. But no, he believes Harry, which happens to be Mysterio, or not Mysterio, Chameleon, yeah, and yeah. yeah, and he, you know, self chastises himself. 
uh, Carly's change of attitude kind of bothered me. Um, you know, first she didn't want anything to do with helping Lily out. And then all of a sudden she recalls that she was like a sister to her. Yeah. And she decides to lie to the police because she needs to find this out first for herself. So what? A complete 180 within one issue. Yeah. My pro would be the octopus tracer because I thought that was really clever and that one supervillain was finally wisened up and thought, well, I'm going to use one of Spidey's little tricks against him. I thought that was very, uh, very fun and uh, smart. And, you know, Mysterio's little trick actually had me fooled because I was so confused, confused on the bordering on anger how all of a sudden this little baby turned into a doll, and I was so confused until Mysterio popped up. So I thought, okay, that was pretty good. But I still give this issue a D. Yeah. Kev? Um, well, on the freak versus vomiting vulture subject that you're talking about, I will say if they had just killed each other, I would have given this issue an A. <laughs> 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 would have been the best thing the brand new verse had done for itself ever. Um but I think this issue is even a little bit better. The last one was getting better. This one's getting even better. Um, I think Chameleon is probably the only person who has been consistently used well in the brand new day era, and maybe even better than he was before. Um, and I gotta admit, as stupid as it makes me feel, they get me every time. <laughs> I I didn't uh, think of it that it being uh, Chameleon instead of Harry until like two panels before they revealed it. Oh, no, of course. But that was that was good. Um, honestly, though, the art still looks like one of Freak's bowel movements. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys uh, – I kind of peruse the letters pages a bit. Um, I'll kind of read more sometimes if I see something that's interesting or if I want to see the reaction to a particular story. Um, so I don't know if you read the letters page on this one, but – this is where the letters about Omit started. Yeah. And where the fuck did Wacker find exclusively positive letters about Omit? You want to talk about revising some history? <laughs> Printing exclusively positive letters about Omit is worse history revision than Omit itself was. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. So uh, I'm, I'm not factoring that into my grade. I was just... What the hell? (laughs) Overall, I give this issue a straight C. George, what do you think, buddy? Uh, Freak is one of the stupidest characters uh, to come along in in the brand new verse. Um, Red Vulture is one of the stupidest characters. I don't like to call him. Let's call him Throwout Vulture. Vomiting Um, Vulture is what I uh, generally call him. Becomes uh, is one of the stupidest characters uh, in the um, brand new verse. And I think wasn't wasn't Red Vulture, uh, the story where he pops up, wasn't that first? Wasn't that Wade's first story? No, it wasn't one of his first, but he did. He, I think he created him. Yeah, okay. Wade wrote it, but it was like his third or fourth, I think. Okay. Um, anyway, so the two of them being in it immediately drops us to a C. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the Rhino part very much. Mm-hmm. I thought that the the the, the conversation between Spider Man and the Rhino. Um, was probably the most in character and the most spot on for how this should go, how this actually should go down. Um, and I actually enjoyed that. I like that immensely. Agreed. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was a good moment. Um, unfortunately, everything else happens. Um, <laughs> you've got uh, – okay, now correct me if I'm wrong because, you know, I, I, I caught up 
a brand new verse in a different way than you guys? I mean, I caught up on it in like a couple of weeks, you know, when I I, I was doing all that reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but I seem to recall they went to a lot of trouble to make Mysterio a badass again, or try to. And here he gets bitch slapped and knocked <laughs> out in like two panels. The the threat of Mysterio is over. He did, didn't he? Yeah. Go, I mean, wham! Just, that's it. He just He's went. Done. He just went down, and suddenly, Freak and Red Vulture, um, here they come, and they're like, it's like Mysterio. He's like he's like a D-lister next to these guys all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, I thought that was stupid. That was pretty disappointing. Um, so after that, he sees Harry. He he didn't make it. The baby didn't make it. Spider-Man never checks. His spider sense is going off the entire damn time. I don't know if you guys ever noticed that or not. I did. His spider sense is blaring off like somebody's trying to shoot him in the head with, you know, a machine gun. And he never stops to look at the baby. He never stops to get reflective about the baby and check the baby or try to take the baby to Hell, when Gwen Stacy died, Spider-Man wouldn't even let the cops have her body for a while, you know? And so then, oh, hey, then suddenly the baby's okay, and here's Chameleon. That part was absolutely stupid. <laughs> it was it was just so awkward and and, and now I, I I like the fact that Harry turned out to be the chameleon, but Stella Stella was right when she hit this point. The fact that Spider Man doesn't check the baby is stupid. Yeah. yeah. What what's your grade? A C is what you gave it? Uh, no, this gets a D. A D. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna D. give it a C minus. I gave the other two C's. I'll, I'll take the minus down for a couple factors. As we've said before, everybody hates Freak. Everybody hates Vulture, and they took up most of the points oh. of the issue. Rhino was a highlight. I like how his uh, Spider-Man's was very much in character, saying this baby is not part of the fight. Do you still have enough of a soul inside that stupid get up to understand? That was very much what Spider-Man would do. Uh, one problem that I hope is fixed when we have one writer doing it twice a month, which is Dan Slott, is that we won't go for the same storytelling, uh, twists, uh, that one writer pulls and it didn't read that he, another writer pulled it a previous months. Uh, we just had the chameleon say, ha ha, I'm not really Ezekiel. Ha ha, I'm not really Harry Osborn. I mean, I don't, I don't see a writer that is writing the book consistently that will use the same trick twice in the same year or the, within the next last six months. We had this in Grim Hunt with uh, the Chameleon. I just, well, to I, be fair, what other trick does the Chameleon have? I don't know, but it, it, it's, it's getting his ass whooped by Aunt but, May. <laughs> I just don't see that that one writer will pull the same bag of tricks the same time. Uh, within the last six months. I just don't, when I, I saw the, because the chameleon could be at the end of every story saying, ha ha reader, got ya. Ha ha reader, I got ya. I just don't like that trick. I think it, it, it's, if it's used well, which is sparingly, it's awesome. If it's you know used within a couple months of each other, it's, it's a cheat or a writer. You know whose fault that is, right, Brett? The editor. Yes. That's Wacker's fault. Yes. So C minus out of me on that. All right, now time to uh, go back to 1991 for this month in spider history. We're going back to October 1991 with JR. Again, thanks to SamRuby.com for helping us with our research. This month uh, in 1991, Amazing Spider-Man 352 came out, written by David Michelinie and artist Mark Bagley. The title of the book was uh, – the story was called Death Walk. JR, do you remember this one? 
Yeah, I remember this one. <laughs> this was this was you know welcome to the 1990s, folks. Yeah. This was a loud, obnoxious. Uh, guest starring, you know, feature this time it had Nova fight of utterly no consequence, no importance, and totally unforgettable. Uh, again, and it leads right into what? Round Robin sidekick, sidekicks yeah. revenge, which involves a ton of guest, yeah. yeah, which involves a ton of guest stars and more meaningless fights and stuff. So, uh, yeah, if you miss this one, folks, you didn't miss anything. Look at that cover price, one dollar. I know, I know. <laughs> it just makes just makes you sick. Now, one issue that came out this month, which was I think was a fill-in issue, which I thought was really pretty good, and it and it echoes to what we're talking about uh, this year, which is Peter Parker Spider-Man or Adjectiveless Spider-Man at this time, number fifteen, came out in October '91, called the Mutant Factor. Eric Larson did all the stuff on it, and I remember this one from the scene where they're talking about. Up on the ledge, Spider-Man the Beast from the X-Men talking about if uh, Spider-Man can have babies. Yes, I definitely remember this one, yeah. uh, which is kind of funny. I mean, uh, you know, 1991, uh, I'd been married a couple of years, and that was a frequent topic of conversation uh, is about <laughs> whether or not to have, have children. But, uh, you know, both my wife and I, you know, were afraid of mingling our already defective genes and uh, siring something, at, you know, un, untold of. But, uh, pointy yeah, ears. this was a – Huh? With pointy ears. Yes, with pointy. That's right. That's right. I'm a Star Trek fan. It could very well have had 20 years. Uh, but actually, this was a fairly decent issue uh, because, unlike the crap we went through last month with one moment in time and that ridiculous. Oh, by the way, you know, I want ba- children. It's like, oh, you never told me that before. Uh, you know, Peter and Mary Jane are sitting in, and obviously they've had this conversation yeah. before. But now it's like, well, you know, we've been married a while. Are we really going to do it? Uh, and it, it is a fairly frank, honest discussion. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it does bring up Peter's unique physiology. And, you know, and Mary Jane says, you know, I'm afraid this might kill me. Uh, and, uh, and Peter makes a comment, yeah, I got radioactive blood. The only thing I really didn't like about it is, is Peter makes a comment, you know, well, it might be a mutant. It's like, wait a minute, Peter. Is that, first of all, is that any worse than what you are already? Yeah. And, uh, again, it goes back to my biggest problem with the X-Men universe, you know, about the mutant thing. Oh, my God, if they're born with a super, if they're born a superhero, they're awful. <laughs> you know, but, oh, if they get bitten by a radioactive spider or stand in front of a gamma bomb or go into outer space and get pelted by cosmic rays, that's perfectly fine. You know, and, again, <laughs> is, Franklin, is Franklin Richards a mutant? You know, I mean, his parents were too, uh, you know, you talk about two, you know, mutant sets of genes there so the whole mutant thing is just is just silly and you'll have uh, you'll have to refresh my memory jared didn't they at the end of the book say every parent never knows what their kid's going to be isn't that how it ended exactly that's yeah. what i was going to say after yeah. we have the, the after we have the gratuitous you know uh fights and things like that um you know basically they sit and talk about it you know and and this is a decision every parent has to make and this is something every parent fears you know what will happen will will my child have a birth defect and you know what will i do and the beast brings up things about you know the the money and mm-hmm. and you know if you have uh, and other problems if you have a, a disabled or a, a differently enabled child um it's um so this overall was a pretty decent issue it's one that probably would not resonate at all with anyone 10 to 15 years old uh, but it's definitely one of those that, that resonates with with us old married dudes. Yeah. So uh, this I did. This was an exception this month. I did like this issue. 
And also came out this month was Spectacular Spider-Man number 181, uh, written by J.M.D. Mateus and artist and inker Sal Buscema. This one's called Guilt. It's got a goblin in the background as a ghost and Mary and Richard Parker coming out of the grave on that cover. This was, this was part four of The Child Within, uh, and I've, I've discussed this before. In fact, I have a whole, you know, I discuss it at length in The Goblin Prince. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I, you know, I think J.M. DeMathis is a very good writer. But when he goes on these psychological stories, he goes off the deep end. And this is another one. The whole issue is a, a, a goblin gas-induced hallucination. You know, Peter goes through the thing we've seen a hundred times before, you know, or maybe five hundred times before about the guilt he feels about everybody dying around him and how he's responsible. And, you know, and, and this story again, you know, vermin, the whole child abuse or sexual abuse thing with vermin. Vermin didn't belong in this story. It should have been exclusively about Peter and Harry uh, and, and their various uh, abandonment issues. And, uh, it, it, you know, and then the whole thing about Peter, you know, feeling guilt over his parents' deaths, which I'm, I'm sorry, you know, kids can feel guilt over their parents' divorces uh, or things like that and wonder if they caused it. But I just find the whole thing about, you know, they died in a plane crash when you were a baby, Peter, yet you feel responsible. Now, I, I don't get that. So I, I, this was this was a Spider-Man Goblin story I was very disappointed in. Also, Web of Spider-Man 81. Uh, Living in Fear is the name of the story, written by Kurt Busiek, artist Stephen Butler, and cover by Sal Buscema. And there's a villain, has a first appearance that we've probably never seen again, called Bloodshed. I don't <laughs> yeah, remember I don't, this one for anything. Not only that, but you never saw him before, really, as the uh, the cover so misleadingly states. Uh, mm. The uh, story basically starts off with a flashback. Spider-Man busts a couple of uh, guys from the hood, uh, and uh, you know, the, an older one and a younger one. Uh, the younger one goes to straighten his life up and becomes a stockbroker, basically. But he's always kind of he's always kind of got the uh, fear of uh, someone fight because he was a juvenile and his record was sealed. But he's Spencer, please. <laughs> I, I, hear, I, I hear the uh, stormtrooper going off in the background. Uh, <laughs> They're coming and, for you, uh, Jr. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, holy cow, what was that? Okay, yeah, and so he turns his life around, but he's always got this thing. He's afraid people will find out about his criminal past and stuff. Well, bloodshed is that old friend of his, you know. It, I mean, really, it smacks of Robbie and Tombstone. Uh, and it's like, oh, wait a minute, what, what did, did you did you rip this idea off? Uh, and so, again, just a, another, you know, fairly meaningless issue with a, a villain that was never seen before and would, I don't think was ever seen again. No, I don't think so either. Uh, so, you know, utterly and, and totally forgettable issue. And the classic NFL Super Pro number one came out. I own a copy of this, Jer. <laughs> I do not. I tell you, you, you guys are free on this, these next three because I do not have them, never saw them. So. Uh, X-Force number three. Which had Rob Life? Was this the one with Liefeld drew sideways? I have no idea. Oh God, I think, I think so. I used to have that issue. George, is this I, the sideways one? That's I, I think so, and I've got that one if it is. Okay. And if it is, it sucks balls. <laughs> yeah. Sleepwalker number five came out. Spider Man was in that, which had a really good looking cover by uh, Brett Brett Blevins, who oh he went on to Hollywood or something, I think. But uh, Sleepwalker and Spider-Man are tangled up in a whole bunch of webs. Uh, that's really cool. And another classic storyline that I like, uh, the Infinity Gauntlet came out this month, number four. You like that one, George? Yeah, I like the first four four issues of it. What, what happened? At, you mean when Ron Lim took over, you didn't like it very much? 
Yeah, I liked Ron Lim. Don't get me wrong, I liked Ron Lim back in the day. Yeah. Um, but when you go from George Perez to Ron Lim, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's 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 jarring. <laughs> I yeah. have whiplash. I mean, you know. <laughs> All right, Jer, was this a good month or a bad month? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was a pretty mediocre month. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, it. it like I said, welcome to the 90s. This was typical 90s stuff. Yeah. Uh, loud, uh, meaningless fights, uh, vil- you know, high tech and, and villains that were, ne- you know, were never seen before and will never see it, be never seen again, yeah. and a totally overwrought uh, uh, goblin tale. So right. not, not a very good month at all. Also, I want to give a shout-out in this next segment uh, to our iTunes reviewers. If you haven't noticed, uh, the Crawl Space is on a new uh, XML feed. Uh, I've uh, parted ways with Podomatic, who used to host a site. Now I host a podcast on my own site, which houses the regular website. So I had to change things up again, and I'm slowly going to be adding uh, the old shows. Within the last couple weeks, I've added um, – there's 12 episodes up on the feed right now. So if you – well, you probably are resubscribed if you're listening to this. But uh, if you know a friend, etc., tell them to update their iTunes listings. But that kind of puts us at the very beginning of iTunes reviews. The old site used to have, uh, I'd say, at least 30, etc., reviews. But uh, I'd like for everyone to write some new ones. And at this point, we have about four of them up there. So I'm going to read them and, and give a shout-out to the people that did it, which I really appreciate. This first one is by Nick. Uh, subject is, why aren't you listening yet? He gave us a full five out of five stars. This is without question the best of the podcasts that I listen to, whether you're currently reading the comics or not. If you're a Spider-Man fan, you'll find something to love here. Each member of the panel brings something unique to the show, and the occasional digression only serves to filler, further illustrate their respective points of view. Ultimately, though, I've been listening to this show from the start, and while it has certainly evolved in that time, it is yet to this point I can think of no higher praise. So thank you very much, Nick. He's on our message board also. Uh, Tyler Crone gave us five out of five. He says, my first and favorite podcast this is the show that started me into podcast listening, and I have never heard a show as well done and as entertaining as this one. This is the show I recommend to anyone even remotely interested in the webheads, and I listen to the entire family of podcasts. Do I have a family of podcasts? I do, don't I? Everybody on this show has one, practically. <laughs> uh, spectacular. Kathy Joe gives us five out of five stars. She goes, I love this show. The panelists are always funny and bring interesting dynamics to the table. I wouldn't change or drop anyone. Maybe bring in Barrowman and Bertoni more often. Well, I listened to her. We got GB on the line. <laughs> uh, ex- Kathy. Yes, Kathy loves some George. Uh, Extreme Spider, five out of five stars, says, new feed, same spidey goodness. There's a fine line between fandom and addiction. I'm damn close to crossing that line. The rants between Kevin and Spider Yoda JR are awesome. The shots from Stella, the resident literary expert towards Clone Saga expert Zack Spidey Dude was fun and entertaining. Their latest edition of Michael Bailey always offers a new perspective. And then there's always Brad Douglas. The man, many may say giggle and laugh like he belongs in Arkham Asylum next to the <laughs> But he yeah. is the boss, and without him, I would have killed half my family during family reunions. Oh, God, grief. Oh, God. I'm kind of like a modern-day Red Foreman. We, we also wouldn't have any other awesome shows like Batgirl to Oracle by Stella or the Clone Saga Chronicles by Zach Joyner and Josh Bertoni. And therefore, this is the best podcast to quench your spider thirst. So, Wow. I'm glad I'm stopping violence at family reunions on that. 
That last part was sexy. <laughs> Wasn't it, though? Uh, and our last one is from our Hulk fan 01. He says this is a great podcast, five out of five stars. This podcast is on a new feed, but is still the greatest podcast I've ever listened to. Spider-Man is my second favorite character next to the Hulk, and hearing a podcast about him is great to keep up the great work. This podcast is awesome. So thank you to all the people. They're really nice and very kind, and if you would like to write a review, I will read it on the air like I just did just now. And all you have to do, go up to the iTunes search bar, type in Spider-Man, scroll down the podcast. We're one of the first things that pops up. And if you're looking (laughs) in iTunes, now the difference is the new feed. Nope, nope, nope. I've taken the old feed down. You can't find it anymore. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. I was gonna say, the difference is the new one is crawl space is one word. Yeah. It there, used to be two words. Yeah, there's no, no confusion anymore. I, I sent an email to iTunes asking for that feed to be destroyed. <laughs> I did not know that. Good job, Brad. Yeah. Well, uh, I like that, especially on that, that third review there, you know, yeah. a lot of comic books will say because the fans demanded it and they're just bullshitting you. Huh, right. But for us, you asked for Berryman, yeah. you get Berryman. <laughs> <laughs> because the fans demanded it. I asked to bring the sexy back, yes. Uh, <laughs> let's do our monthly recommendations. Uh, let's start with George. You, you, you start off since the fans love you. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I don't have any comic book recommendations because they I don't, don't either. I don't either. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I, uh, I highly recommend, uh, there's something new that just started up on the, uh, on the Fight Club, uh, or, uh, on the, Crawl Space message boards. It's called Fight Club. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. Um, some of you podcasters may be hearing about this for the first time. Anyway, it's what's, this new what's feature. What's it called again? I don't recognize it. It's called Fight Club. Um, <laughs> some guys have started it up on the message board. Uh, and uh, basically, it's uh, every week they look at a fight, uh, Marvel. They put two Marvel characters against one another. And then on Friday, it's two DC characters. And then on Sunday, it's DC and a Marvel character. Um, against one another, they ha- they make really cool fight cards, and they have really super cool hosts. And then, in between, then uh, they fight one another. It's like everybody picks somebody, and then uh, they go up against one another in a fight, and it's all voted on by the message board. It's really this novel thing, and it's really super cool. And it's, uh everyone looks like they're having a whole lot of fun there. So that's probably what you should go to always, <laughs> every day, in the morning and and the afternoon and at night, a lot, always. <laughs> Wow, I thought Kevin pimped. <laughs> no, I, I was, I was, I was glad to finally see Brad uh, give a damn this week and actually come in and uh, and actually engage uh, some of us. Who are we fighting? Um, Who is your pick? I, I, I challenge. I still haven't, I haven't decided yet. Okay, because I, uh, got it. The other night when you made it, it was too late. Right. And then yesterday, I wasn't even at home all day. I had to work yesterday, and then I wound up going out to uh, out to Fort Worth. So I didn't really have time to think about it. I'll think about it today, and, okay. and we'll have my decision That'll tonight fun, on, who's, on, on who's going to beat you. George, but, uh, <laughs> like you owe me money. Um, anything else, George? Any other recommendations? Um, I think that's about it. There's a really cool uh, TV series, uh, or a couple of them on right now. Boardwalk Empire is very good. Ooh, yeah, I agree. Um, Hawaii, the new Hawaii 5.0 kicks ass. Holy shit, you took mine. <laughs> dude, the, the new Hawaii 5.0 is freaking awesome. I know it is, dude. I'm loving it. And it's not just because you get to see Grace Park half naked every episode. Well, it's, yeah, that's... I mean, it's, it's violent and fun, and it's yeah, over the top, and just a lot of crazy fun. So. And when that theme song comes on, do you just dance? I do. Do you, do you know that they did uh, that? They actually did test research that they actually changed the theme song and tried to like you know like modernize it up with you know the emo goth shit whatever. And um, good grief! 
they tried to change the theme song, and it tested negatively, and people said they wanted to hear the old theme song. So they exactly. said, okay, screw it. We'll just jazz up the old theme song. And that's exactly what you get. I mean, I, when, that, when, when I first saw those credits, I got the same feeling as I did when I was okay. like, Four or five, watching that damn thing with like my folks or like grownups. I know. Don't you love it when he turns like he's on the top of that Hawaiian hotel and he turns like Jack Lord did? Yeah. Turns to the camera. I'm like, hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And I love that they replaced like an old fat dude with Grace Park. I know. (laughs) You can't get much better improvement than that. Nice. nice. No, you really can't. So that's it for me. Those are my those are my recommendations. Jr. What do you like this month? Oh, wow. Uh, I was about to say, so Grace Park beats Zulu as Kono, huh? Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. But but that is, I t- that is one of the all-time great TV show themes, Hawaii Five-0. You can't improve on that. I no. mean, you really can't. Um, my recommendation is more old people music, so, uh, you know, get out your rocking chairs and everything. Um, you know, because this person, you know, this person first debuted back in the old days of vinyl. But uh, I was uh, shopping in Best Buy. Uh, actually, I was donating, I was turning in my old computer and uh, had a very, my very old computer and got a gift card and used it to buy the uh, Best of Pat Benatar. Ooh, and there you go. I have not had as much fun losing my hearing uh, in a very long time. When I turn on, when when the first song "Heartbreaker" comes up with all yes. the, with all those drums, yeah, dude. Oh my heavens! I, you know, again, us old people always think that everything was better when we were younger. You know, of course, that's what old people do. Uh, but I have to really, I mean, Pat Benatar really is, even though, even though she's almost 60 and, and according to her, and people who see her stage show these days say she doesn't move around quite as much as she used to. Uh, <laughs> 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 but she really is, I mean, Pat Benatar, Stevie Nicks, I mean, these, these women are, you know, Joan Jett, to a lesser degree, I think. I mean, they really are rock and roll goddesses. And I just gotta wonder, I mean, is Katy Perry Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, you know, I mean, frankly, I don't even consider Madonna in the class of, uh, you know, Pat Benatar and Stevie Nicks or anything like that. I mean, Madonna doesn't have a distinctive voice. Madonna is a, uh, is a Hollywood creation, basically. You know, I mean, she's a fabrication. She's, a, uh, you know, I mean, again, not saying there's anything wrong with that, but she's not a singer. You know, she doesn't bring it. Uh, and, and definitely in, in this, in this, Pat Benatar brings it. So, uh, you know, so put in your false teeth and, uh, you know, and, uh, your hearing aid and, uh, listen to some old 80s classics. And, hey, JR? JR? Yes. Um, can you please talk to Brad about this? Cause I've tried to get him to stop, but can you, can you talk to Brad and see if he can stop using sex as a weapon? <laughs> uh, not well, gonna happen. You know, not gonna happen. Wait, wait, wait. You know, I guess you're just gonna have to hit him with your best shot. You know. Yeah. If you need me, I'll be running with the shadows of the night. All right. Oh, <laughs> Holy crap! Okay. That's funny. Uh, you better run. Anyway. The, uh, <laughs> the the listeners of the crawl space also want to know if Spencer got shattered dimensions. Yes, he did. What did he think? Well, Spencer, come here. Help! 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 Dimensions, leave me alone. I love, I love Spencer cameos. All right, all right, all right, very quickly now. Spencer, what'd you think of Shattered Dimensions? It was awesome. <laughs> what'd you like about it? Uh, that you were four dimensions of your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man being the crap of over villains. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> which one was your favorite villain, or, uh, which one was your favorite Spider-Man version? 
um, the amazing dimension. Nice. Uh, nice. That one's cool. Which one is your least favorite dimension? Twenty ninety nine. Oh, how come? Oh. Uh, it just had bad, uh, bad villains. <laughs> that scorpion is pretty ugly. Awesome. So, would you give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, Spencer? Uh, thumbs up. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Spencer. Uh, thank, welcome. Tell, tell, tell them how long it took you to beat it. Uh, we beat it? Uh, two days. Oh, my Whoa. goodness. Wow. My goodness. Wow. Oh, I'm still playing it, dude. <laughs> wow. JR, that's awesome. You're a good daddy. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. You heard you heard from the expert on oh, that, was that was the expert fun. review on Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. JR, so. you're a good daddy, but man, these <laughs> video games faster than anybody I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I, I tell you, is he, he an expert? is he an expert or a web spurt? <laughs> I just doesn't sound right. I know. <laughs> Oh boy, uh, but uh, you know, but he. Uh, let's anyway. Have you played he it, liked it. Jr.? It's on What's the Wii, that? right? Have you played it? Yeah, yeah, it's on the Wii, but I I don't play video games. I really don't because I just suck hard at them. <laughs> uh, you know, I I am still I I'm still barely capable of mastering the original Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. So you know, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, Web of Shadows, and you know everything is is yeah, huh? Yes, I would suck at that. Thank you, Spencer. <laughs> Uh, again, you heard it from the expert. So. And maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think the goblin makes an appearance in this game, so you really don't have uh, that interest. Osborne in does the the noir. Osborne, yeah, makes an appearance, but you know that's not that's not the real Green Goblin. So how can you have four dimensions and zero goblins? It that makes no sense. Yeah. I know. Well, no, you do have goblins, but not the Green Goblin. You have a hot goblin in 2099. Yeah, in 2099 you got the Hobgoblin, yeah. Was there a Hobgoblin 2099? No, there I was think... There Hobgoblin 2211, there was a Green but... Goblin 2099, but I don't remember a Hobgoblin 2099. No, I right. think it's made for the game. Yeah, the, the Shattered yeah. Dimensions, I mean, there are 2099 characters, I think like a female Doc Ock or something. I mean, yeah, oh, female God. Doc Ock. They don't follow, it doesn't really follow necessarily the uh, the 2099 um World mythology as it was it in the comic books. Basically, well, to be fair, world. though, the the uh, twenty nine nine versions of old villains in the comic weren't that good to begin with. I thought Vulture twenty nine nine sucked. <laughs> yeah. Kev, what's your recommendations this month? I got a couple. Um, okay. Something I've recommended before that I've got to recommend again because it's changed nights and times and had a hiatus, and you probably don't even know it's back on. Uh, is the Good Guys? That is just oh. such a fun TV show. And, Tom Hanks kid. Yeah, and uh, Bradley Whitford, who are both just hysterical. And it's it's by the creator of Burn Notice. Mm. So all you people out there that love Burn Notice, this is every bit as fun, if not more. Swear to God, even without Bruce Campbell. Um, it's on now. It's back. It's on Friday nights, which generally means they're trying to kill it. Uh, so don't let them. <laughs> it's it's on Fox, sadly, which generally means they're trying to kill it. Uh, and I think it's eight o'clock on Fridays. If not, it's nine. Check your listings. But it's it's just such a fun show. You've got your uh, Bradley Whitford is like the old classic '70s cop with a you know big mustache he's proud of and the aviator sunglasses and he just just wants to bust some punks is what he says yeah. and you know your younger guy or Colin Hanks and 
it's just a lot of fun. It's not taking itself seriously at all, just having a good time. And, and if you go into it like that, you're going to have some fun. So check that show out. Please support it and keep it from getting canceled. Nice. Um, two shows that if that have been on for a while, but if you've left them, I'm here to tell you it's time to come back, are Smallville and Chuck. Uh, Smallville, uh, I thought they had a great season nine last season. This season there. Doing a really good job again. They just had their 200th episode this past week, which uh, I read out of over 200,000 TV shows that have been made, only 79 of them have hit 200 episodes. Wow. And uh, this one, it was it was a really good episode. It was a homecoming to Smallville High. There were a lot of flashbacks. You had James Marsters was back playing Brainiac 5 from the Legion Future, to, and he showed him his past, present, and his future. So in the future, you got to see... Was Brainiac uh, good in that yeah, timeline? Yeah. Okay. Brainiac 5 is uh, the leader of the Legion, actually, the Legion of Superheroes. Oh, really? Um, but they got the same actor, James Marsters, who's awesome. And in this future, you got to see... Uh, married Lois and Clark and Clark Kent with the glasses as a reporter and you got a brief glimpse of his cape when he's flying to save something. It was, mm. it was a really good episode. It was a lot of fun and I think they're going to close this thing out pretty well. And Chuck is just firing on all cylinders. That is, uh, when they're doing their best, I don't think any show on the air can touch them for sheer entertainment. So you got to check that out. Uh, I also want to recommend an upcoming one-shot comic book Coming out in November, uh, the Green Lantern Larflee's Christmas Special, which if you know anything about current Green Lantern, you know is going to be fun as hell. If you don't, we're talking about, you know, each Lantern core is a different color and a different emotion. This Larflee's is the orange Lantern, and orange is greed. And he's just a really fun little greedy monster, and he is on Earth, and the premise of this one shot is he has found out the greatest secret of Earth. He now knows about Santa Claus. So he's going to track down Santa Claus and give him his list so he can finally have everything he ever wanted. And it's it's one of those things that has got to be hysterical, so just pick that up. Um, Last thing, music. I don't usually recommend music, but uh, Jimmy Eat World just released a new album. And this is, you know, this is a band that's been around for 15 plus years probably now, but that thought their last album was pretty weak, which is why I'm recommending this one. So if you bought that one, don't be afraid. They're kind of back to form here, and I really liked it. So check that out. It's called Invented, I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. that's, that's five for me. I think that's enough. Nice. <laughs> Stella, what do you got this month? Hello. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. Um... <laughs> I don't know. Um, my book recommendation for the month. Sorry, I can't call it literature. Um, right now, I am currently reading a little, a little-known series known as Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and so I would like to recommend Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. I'm currently on the third book, but uh, I just needed something that was, you know, entertainment quick read that was not Latin-based in order to keep my sanity in some way. So I will recommend that. And uh, Batgirl, um, still the best comic that I'm reading uh, these days. Batgirl number 14, I think, received the first 10 out of 10 on my recent podcast um, in current issues. So I, I recommend that. 
And Smallville, I second that. And um, an up-and-coming podcast known as the Jeff Johns Cast. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but uh, it has this kind of creepy guy on it, but he does okay. <laughs> and No, it's really good, and I highly recommend it. I Kevin, enjoy... did you have Zach on? No, I'm just kidding. Oh! <laughs> Burn. Yeah. Uh, so I, I call it, and I guess we kind of penned it together. It's kind of like my brother podcast or like sibling casts. Oh, but, very uh, much. Yeah, yeah, those are my recommendations. Uh, let's see. I've got uh, two TV shows and a movie, and that's it. Uh, George Stole Hawaii Five-0, highly recommended. I'm enjoying that. It's on the DVR. Uh, also, I caught up yesterday on a new show on NBC called The Event, which I was very skeptical, and I was like, ah, whatever, I'll try it. But I've watched four episodes, and it's solid. And I can't tell you how much uh, John Ritter's kid just looks so much like him. I mean, it's just like seeing Jack Tripper in a sci-fi show, <laughs> if, if that says anything. But uh, the event, really solid. I was shocked. I didn't think I'd like it, but I, I, it's got some good writing. It's got a good twist. It's got a good sci-fi twist to it. Uh, the movie, which probably everyone's seen, but uh, I just recently saw it, was uh, The Blind Side with Sandra Bullock. Very, very good movie. Um, anybody seen The Blind Side yet? Yes. Nope. No? Wasn't it good, Stella? I loved it. It was. Very yeah. good. Anybody seen The Event? Anybody seen that one? Nope. Now, I, honestly, it's one of those things that's trying yeah. to be very Lost-like, and after watching Flash forward for an entire season only to come out with the shittiest hour of TV I've ever seen for a finale. I just can't do that again. See, that's exactly what my wife has been saying, Kevin. She won't get into the event, but I'm, I'm digging it. I I, uh, I didn't expect to, but I, I thought it was good. George or JR, have you seen the event? No. No, not George? After I haven't seen it, and I tell you, after Heroes, I'm not likely to watch anything on NBC for a long time. Really? Um, even, because even if NBC can pull together... Aside from Chuck, I like Chuck, don't get me wrong. But if NBC can pull together something that's really good for a year or so, I have no doubt in my mind that it's going. It's about to turn to absolute crap. <laughs> so I, I absolutely have no faith in NBC. NBC is not – in fact, the only way I watch Chuck is I watch it on DVD. Mm. So that will tell you right there. I, I have absolutely no interest in the event. It, just, it does. It seems like a lost ripoff, like it's just trying to ape lost. Well, and to be fair, you're the first uh... – Good review I've heard of it, I think. Oh, right? seriously? There was a whole article on I, – I go to IGN's TV to get a lot of reviews and stuff, and they had an article just titled about how incredibly lazy the event storytelling is. I, I don't know. I, maybe maybe it's because I watched – I think some shows like, say, 24 and Lost are best to watch in a clump of them uh, as opposed to week by week. And I watched like three events back to back yesterday, and I thought they were just solid. So I think I'm gonna keep doing that, like get three on my DVR and watch them in a big chunk. I know there are shows that I've started. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's the trade paperback version of watching television, exactly. There are shows (laughs) I've started on DVD and really liked, and then when I moved to watching them weekly, I just didn't really care for them. Yeah, exactly. All right, moving on to our message board questions. The first one is by Bertoni. A little note about Bertoni. He's going to be on next month with the gang, and we're going to do our yearly Spider Jeopardy. Oh, no. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Really? You picked this time to let us all know rather than... Yeah, the gang just heard about this, folks. The gang, we're... we're, uh, JR won the first year. No, 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 Stella Stella did. Stella won the first year. JR won the second year. And my goal is to kick ass on the third year, because third time's yeah. the charm. 
Yeah, that's going to happen. And I will continue to suck. <laughs> that's my promise to you, the listener. Spider Jeopardy is next month. So oh, dear God. If you guys – I said it in the admin thread a while back. Yeah, I, you said it, right? you were yeah. going to do it again. I had not heard that it was going to be next month already. It's Well, I only got two months left in the year, sir. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, no. All right, all right, all right. Um, Bertone, you're going to make me do a live call-in show in these two months, aren't you? Like, we're going to get Spider Jeopardy and live call-in we, just have we not done call drive this me year? crazy. Have we not we done call-ins call in? in forever? Oh, we wow. promised a live call in before the end of the year, and we haven't had it yet. And now I'm really sad that okay. I reminded. December yeah, is the live call in show. <laughs> I hate you. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> My first question uh, from Bertoni is, uh, Brad, your biggest podcasting editing nightmares. It's when I have to take out the f bombs and the I hate you, Brads from Kevin. <laughs> Which no. had not happened this show, if you're listening. I, you just happened in the last five minutes. Uh, no, the, well, the worst. I, I was ed, making ed, a joke. You edited it out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, oh, I get it. Uh, you know I don't edit shit out. Um, you always say you will, but it's hilarious to hear. I'm going to edit that out on the podcast. <laughs> uh, the the worst is when uh, <clears throat> Skype screws up, kind of, and it hasn't really done it since I've updated the software. But in some of the earlier shows. The audio sync was out. Like, I'd ask a question, and the answer would be happening as I'm asking the question. So when the audio goes out, that is my biggest fear. But it hasn't happened in a long time. Watch. It'll happen as I explain this answer. I'm knocking on my wooden desk right now for you, Brett. Yeah, please don't knock on any wood. Uh, Kevin, <laughs> give us the highlights of New York Comic Con. It hasn't already been discussed in part one. We haven't hit you up about you want the New York Comic Con and and and, and your very first convention ever. Yeah, and if you want full details, I'm doing some editorials on the front page. Sadly, I've only gotten part one out yet. Hopefully, by the time you hear this, I'll have more. I'm doing one part for each of the three days. But, um, yeah, I think the best pan- – I mostly went to panels. Uh, I really, really, really hated the con floor because it was just crowded as all hell, and you couldn't move or breathe. Um, but the, the panels were mostly pretty good, the DC panels anyway. Um, my favorite panels were the J. Michael Straczynski spotlight was fan-damn-tastic. Uh, that man is, is hilarious, and he's inspirational. Uh, you know, seeing him in person made me like him even better. And the Green Lantern panel was awesome. The You know, I was just talking about the Larflees comic, and there was a guy showed up there dressed in this awesome Larflees costume with a Santa hat on. And he went up to ask a question, and, you know, being the greed lantern, he tried to steal the mic, <laughs> which mm. was hysterical. <laughs> um, and What about yeah, the Marvel I, panels? You said the well, DC was say, I'm going to talk about this a lot in the wrap-up okay. uh, editorial for day three, but this convention proved to me that as a company, DC is better than Marvel, flat out. Um, DC, all of DC's panels was basically... The DC guys having fun with their fans, appreciating their fans, uh, you know, just having a good damn time. And the Marvel panels all seemed like, we are just here for you to applaud us. Yeah. They did not give the impression that they gave a shit about their fans. In fact, one guy got up to ask a question, uh, the Cup of Joe panel. Um, and he started saying that, you know, he feels like Marvel comics have kind of gone downhill in the past ten years. And he started to make an example that he used to love every issue of Ultimate Spider-Man, but now he feels like it's one note. 
And before he could even get that out, Axel Alonso started talking him down, just saying over the mic, you know, don't buy it, don't buy it, hey, just don't buy it, basically shut up. Mm. And he, that fan ended up getting booed out of the room. Oh man. He got booed to the point that not only did he have to leave the mic, they kept booing, this is the audience, kept booing until he walked out the door. What, what the was his question, though? Did, did he not get to the question? He didn't get to a question. Oh. They, Alonzo talked him down just when he was saying he didn't like Ultimate Spider-Man anymore. Mm-hmm. And so the panel did nothing to discourage the audience from just booing him out of the room. Um, and once he actually left, Quesada took the opportunity to uh, sarcastically gloat and say, yeah, our stuff sucks so much that Disney hates it to the tune of, and then he leans down to the microphone dramatically, a lot of money. Mm. And it's just, it was tasteless, and it felt like, you know, we don't give a shit about your criticism. We want you to tell us how good we are, and if you're not yeah. going to do that, don't bother coming to the mic. Man. And it was, it was a bad atmosphere. It was a bad but atmosphere. It's not surprising at all. No, it's that really makes, not. I mean, and that, you makes, can, that makes a perfect sense, you know. And you can yeah. tell you could tell the difference in the energy in the DC panel rooms. The energy was fun. The energy was, you know, having a good time. Everybody's laughing. Um, the energy in the Marvel panels was antagonism between the professionals and the fans. The only other Marvel panel I went to, because I was done with them after the Cup of Joe panel, was the Avengers panel. Mm-hmm. And in that one, you know, you didn't have events like that extreme one in the Cup of Joe panel, but the Avengers panel, you still kind of felt that antagonism. You know, you had fans just calling out things to the creators, like, uh, you know, somebody he said something about Captain America, uh, Tom Brevoort did, and a fan just yelled out, yeah, when are you going to renumber? And, <laughs> of course, Brevoort made a sarcastic comment to him, like, well, we just renumbered, so we're not going to do it again. And then five minutes later, they announced they were renumbering Daredevil. <laughs> and you know it, it was a lot of stuff like that you know fans are fans are sarcastically calling out shit and mm. uh you know panelists are making snarky comments back to him it was an antagonistic atmosphere so yeah i i'm really i'm not buying any more marvel besides amazing spider-man even wow. if i get more money um they pissed me off you know they they really gave the impression they did not give a shit about us and and DC was the complete opposite. DC ingratiated themselves even more to me, you know. So that is that it, was the big thing this pan, this convention did for me. Do you think it's because the number two guy knows he wants to be number one, and they're nicer to the fans? Um, what do you mean? Well, I mean Marvel consistently sells better than DC. And, and if uh, you're I on think, top, don't you get a little bit of an ego? I don't know. I, I just I think, felt I think like Marvel it was would be that. the same way. If, yeah, they'd be the same way if this was number two. If they were number two. Yeah. It was that frat boy atmosphere, you know. Mm, yeah. Like we are the club. You should want to be a part of the club, and we're going to haze you to get in. Yeah. You know, it was that kind of atmosphere, and the DC guys just, you know, like I say they seemed like guys that loved comics and appreciated you being here. Yeah. As much, you know, the whole quote unquote DC Sunday conversation panel was Didio and Lee basically asking the fans what they think and at least acting like they gave a shit. You know, Didio was writing down suggestions and stuff, but Marvel didn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, you know, there's that whole antagonism atmosphere. Uh, the beginning of the Cup of Joe panel, they were putting up some slides, you know, talking about announcements and stuff. Uh, they put up a Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark Broadway musical slide, the entire room booed. 
And, <laughs> and Casada just clearly got pissed and said, really? Uh, uh, You're going to judge uh, it before seeing it? We're like, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm wanting to, I, wow. I tried to say we've seen the costumes, but people man. didn't ju- didn't join me on that one. <laughs> man. Man. But that, that was the atmosphere. It's antagonism versus, versus inclusion and fun. Yeah. And real, real quick, you met a couple of the crawl spacers there, too. Yes, did you, yes, did you I meet? did. I got to meet uh, R. Hagen, who mm-hmm. I, I sold my extra weekend pass to, which was great. He, I spent a lot of time with him. He's a really, really nice guy. Um, I got to meet Greg XB, who uh, another very nice guy, and he actually introduced me to Greg Wiseman. Oh, nice. I got to meet him briefly, and also Brandon Vietti, who directed uh, Batman Under the Red Hood. I got I was very oh, glad cool. I got to shake his hand, tell him I'm a fan of a comic, and he did a really good job with the movie, so... That was very cool, and I also got to meet uh, Drew R. Fifteen. I, I got to meet him fairly briefly because he was mostly there with his family. But you know, another really nice guy. This. So, this bottom line, are you wanting to go to another con again? Have you gotten the? It's. I don't think it's really my thing, honestly. Yeah. I I enjoyed my time in New York. Uh, I enjoyed several of the panels. Uh, I do not ever want to wait in a line like I did at New <laughs> York Comic Con again in my life. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I hated the convention floor. And I found out that I am just a shit excuse for a comics journalist because <laughs> I, I got no quotes, I got no pictures, uh, I got no interviews. <laughs> but you got memories, which is good. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I got this press pass for being a part of the crawl space, so I feel like nice. I owe the crawl space at least something, which is why I'm doing these editorial pieces on the front page. And we'll stop the show right about there. We have another show coming out in a few days. But before I go, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. They have a really good deal this month on the Spider-Man Real Clone Saga trade paperback. This one collects the revisioned Clone Saga mini from Tom DeFalco, Howard Mackey, and Todd Nock. Now, the cover price for the book is $19.99. Mail order has it for just $11.99, which is 40% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. For the SpiderManCrawlspace.com, I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas. Mm-hmm.